Welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I am Lauren Hutton, and as always, this is your other host, Luke Fagenbush. That's right, Luke Fagenbush! Yeah, man! Hell yeah. Lauren Hutton. Here we go. Here we go. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Who's on the episode? Just been solo podcast up to this point for you. Have you... Have you ever someone that was so cool that you felt markedly less cool. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, I've hung out with Dan Seabree before. That's happened. Yeah, I mean, just here recently that happened. Like, who'd you say? Dan Seabree? Yeah, he's my guy too. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Dan has been one of the local favorites in Dayton, Ohio for many, many, many years because he runs what he ran an amazing monthly showcase that eventually turned into a weekend comedy festival called Super Comedy. Yeah, and that can describe him as a comic too. Super, I already did that in the podcast. I'm going to get some mileage out of saying the festival like it's described. It's super dope. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so cool to talk to. I don't think I like sat down and talked to him. I, I think I did the festival one time. Um, we just stood there awkwardly in his living room. I'm like, hey man, this is super dope. I was doing it back then too. And he's like, yeah, I never hear that. Never hear how super dope the super dope comedy <laughs> But in addition to that, we also talk about a particular article that happened to pop up on every comedian's Facebook and Twitter feed recently about how hustle culture is ruining comedy. It's, it's a good time. Like, this was a yeah. really fun episode. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Luke? Skateboarding? Legos? We, we go through it all. I had a Kinex roller coaster. <laughs> and apparently that's the homeschooling <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening.
I started when I, I started writing jokes when I was 18, and then I was 20. Like when it went away, I was like, who am I as a right. person? <laughs> yeah, what is my identity even? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what oh, did yeah. you what did you do to cope with that? Like, what uh, what outlets have you found to like you know figure out who you are? I painted a lot. Hell um, yeah! I wrote like wrote poetry. And, um, learned how to skateboard. Uh, been like playing tennis. Was the skateboarding uh, thing because people uh, thought you were a skater for years before, and you're finally <laughs> like, let's just let's just finally get it over with. Yeah, I was like, I better, <laughs> I gotta stop being a. F- poser i just gotta do it <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what do you say that you got best at out of all those hobbies um, just during the quarantine well considering that um i couldn't even stand on a skateboard for one second then now that i can like ride around no problem hell yeah i think that's probably that's probably the <laughs> there best, you go the best one i got <laughs> although i can't i haven't just i so I want to do like tricks and stuff, and like part of it is like you're gonna fall, in, but, like that's just part mm-hmm. of it. Oh yeah, hands. But on. I don't. Yeah, but I'm almost 28 and I don't have health insurance, so like, and I've never broken a bone <laughs> before, so like I can't be like almost 28, like trying to learn how to do tricks on a skateboard and then like and break my arm or something like yeah, that, and, just and then go ruin to the, yourself. Yeah, and then just like cripple myself financially. Like, yeah. Hey, hey just, honey, we're gonna be in debt for a while because I wanted to be slightly cooler. Yeah, like, yeah. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, I've been debating. I was like, it might be worth it to be because <laughs> I can only- really. <laughs> the only time I got close to like breaking a bone was I was riding a skateboard down not even a big like ramp or anything. It was like a twenty degree incline and I stopped suddenly and fractured my foot. And I'm like, that's- Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Man, that's brutal. <laughs> oh God. It's so weird because the first time I broke something, I was on wheels as well, but they were rollerblades and it was like a forty percent oh. incline and the blades just like cucked out from under me and i cracked my skull on the pavement oh they damn. watched each other have sex with someone and your else your voice dropped three options <laughs> 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 yeah dude that's my superhero origin story yeah. <laughs> yeah i just hit the back of my head and now i sound deep just, voice mm. yeah <laughs> yeah like a hot knife through butter <laughs> yeah baby yeah it's dude i was hanging out with my family doing easter stuff today and i haven't seen my cousin clayton in like four years and now he's like taller than me and he was doing impressions of me that made me want to kill him uh at one point i told this kid look i know you're 15 but if you're funnier than i am in four years i will come and find you and i will take you out <laughs> <laughs> like I will annihilate you. I'm the entertainer in the family, man. Like you're not allowed to do that. And then my uncle looked nah. at me and he was like, "Yeah, that's exactly how I felt when you were born." Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you guys have a dynasty thing going on. You're not playing your cards right. If he's this young, he could be like the Mozart. You got to reinforce that. Sh- ride his coattails to success dude he's already that's got what you like, have to do double my youtube subscribers and all he does is review legos and he's a thousand times more entertaining than i have ever been <laughs> dude, what's so this channel? Want to check it out yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't don't mention called. it on the podcast or we'll, yeah. we'll lose audience members <laughs> exactly. to your cousin's lego channel. by the day <laughs> 
Oh God, it's so infuriating. He's half my age, and he's three times funnier than I am. It's so infuriating. Oh, wait, yeah. what kind of Legos? Just like Harry Potter and like <laughs> Star Wars Lego sets, and he like he reviews the boxes good. and like the artwork on them, and then he pulls out each individual piece, and he has all these like off the cuff little like he's just effortlessly funny, and it's infuriating. Whoa. Yeah. Well, hold on, because the Lego thing, the Lego angle is really entertaining. Maybe we just want to take off and talk about Legos for about an hour and forget Dude, our premise. Legos, bit. I love Legos. Dude, They're I'm gonna sick. have to start buying them because, like, I was a Connects kid. I was not on the Legos. Oh, you were Ooh. smart. You had parents that loved you. <laughs> <laughs> just a grandma. Just one grandma. She bought me like okay. four hundred dollars worth of Connects. Holy. Was that like the roller coaster? Oh, you bet I had the roller coaster, man. Yeah, you did. I had like yeah. four motors. I could literally set up like an RC track of just like little Connects cars right now. I still have them all in a box somewhere. Dude, every person that I knew that had Connects was homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I almost was. <laughs> That's so funny because you mentioned Connects and I was about to say, were you homeschooled? So I don't know where that comes from. But <laughs> weird stigma. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> the best gift I ever got was just a garage sale, like, duffel bag full of Legos. It was just oh, mismatched awesome. pieces, Hell a pirate yeah. ship, and like five other sets mixed together. Dude. Dude, one time for Christmas, since we were poor, my mom would shop at Aldi's, and like during Christmas, they would have like $50 electric guitars and like like Lego sets that were like, like I got this Phantom Menace, like big, oh, like, hell yeah bucket basically of the legos it was like 500 pieces and so like they had like different instructions of like you know you can build this this and this like pod racers and stuff but like none of the pieces were crafted specifically for star wars you know what i mean oh, so like okay so it was generic pieces with like design so it just looked like knock like bootleg star wars legos <laughs> is what it looked like that's so disappointing because Darth Maul would be perfect in Lego form. He's yeah. already yeah. broken in the right place. And yeah. Boba Fett. <laughs> Dude, totally. But I love that set. It was awesome. I used to build Zoids all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Did you guys get Transformers as a kid? Um, I was a little I... too young when that hit. Okay. I got a Transformer, too. I remember Bionicles. Maybe I was getting kid toys way too old, but those were pretty killer. Yeah, dude. Bionicles, they were like the, uh, okay, so you're already through puberty, but you still like putting things together. Bionicles. Yeah, and then they have chapter books, so you can feel better about it. Oh, I had no idea. They had chapter books? <laughs> Jesus. Integrated toy oh. designs, man. It makes no sense. Yeah. Let's not get into Bionicles lore that's an animorph <laughs> situation all over again yeah, dude, dude i love right bionicles <laughs> i see the lego magazine and they'd give oh, you like hell a little, yeah you'd get like a little uh comic book attached to it with the bionicle storyline yes. oh my god <laughs> dude I never followed the storyline, but I read every single one of those Bionicle comic books. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. How do you read all of them but not follow the storyline? I think it was like I was reading it, and I was like, this is pretty f stupid. And, <laughs> and so I was like, younger, like, I could, like, 
like I Ah, okay. okay, that makes sense. You did painting during Um, well, I'm not like trained in anything, so I'm not like good at anything. You know what I mean? Hell yeah! Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, one hundred percent says the amateur podcastineers. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, but like, I'm really good with like, um like design and um like colors so <coughs> excuse me a lot of the stuff that i do will be like really like vibrant colors next to each other with like weird intricate designs to it but like i can't really do like if someone's like hey paint a realistic picture of a dog it would look like a balloon animal you know like i wouldn't be <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, realism's I overrated man like it, yeah, nobody wants right. that noise anyways <laughs> yeah it's I don't get photorealism because it's it's really hard, so it's impressive. But if you can make something look exactly like a camera, that's sort of wasted right. effort, in my opinion, because right. we like, have cameras. <laughs> yeah, like you should check out Albrecht Dürer's uh, "The Rabbit." It is the most incredible painting I've ever seen. And so, like, it's, and, is that the rabbit that turns into something, or am I thinking of something different? Um, <laughs> no, I mean that could be a. That could be a side effect of it, but I don't really think that's it. Uh, <laughs> that'd be sick. That was like a holographic Renaissance painting that you like sh- change one angle and then it like has a different image, you know? <laughs> You're right, you're right. It turns into an old woman. <laughs> years yeah, right. and years before his time. <laughs> yeah. Really revolutionary, that Albert Dürer. Um, <laughs> but like, what is cool is like when you see like paintings in like the 1600s of like a rhino because you know some motherfucker was like reading a design of a rhino, yeah, you know because they didn't have photos and then they got like hyper realistic looking. That's cool, but like with like 2020 and they're like, look at this apple. It's like yourself with that apple. I don't yeah. get your stupid <laughs> apple. Like Kroger has apples, man. Like I don't yeah. need you to show me what an apple looks like. <laughs> right. Like you could have used that money that you bought with those paintbrushes and paint oil paints. And bought some apples and give them to some homeless people instead of painting a dumbass picture of an apple. (laughs) (laughs) The weird thing is all like the Dutch masters and everything, they're painting stuff that people post on Instagram like 500 years earlier. It's like all food and like hotcakes. Dude, yeah, that's a good point. Like everybody's like bitching about like foodies on Instagram. It's like, yeah, we've been doing that for forever. Yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> when, when you're poverty stricken and hungry, it feels good to look at a painting of some apples. So yeah, yeah right. <laughs> look at that bowl of fruit. I wish I could afford that fruit or a bowl. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the beginning of art. Damn, that looks good. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm hungry. <laughs> man, this art is making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a Renaissance painting of a slab of ribs. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, there it is. I'm so <laughs> glad that we just figured out where the words "starving artist" came from. Like we just, just <laughs> we just figured it out. We mapped it all out. We know now. Yeah. <laughs> if we want him, if, if we want him to paint some Jesus, we need to buy him a chicken or something because he's not going to get <laughs> off his chicken phase. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> give this dude some bread or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh Jesus! How many paintings have you done over quarantine? Um, one, two, three, four, 
Are you uh, counting them? Did you collect them around you before we did the podcast? No, I have some of them up. Because uh, I tried to sell them, and not a whole lot of people were into that. So, uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's like, 90% of artists. Yeah. Um, but I've also not really tried. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, it's really fun for me, and I like to look at them. And, like, ones that I think are, like, legitimately good, it's like, I'm not going to get rid of that. Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> I like, need that for me. Yeah. How am I not supposed to show this off if I don't have it? Uh, <laughs> good point. <laughs> Yeah, how can I look cool if I don't have this painting? Um, <laughs> but I've probably painted like eight or nine paintings. Dude, that's a decent amount. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't do it all the time. I should be like, I'll go through, it's just like writing with my stand-up. Like, I'll go through like periods of like not really finding any motivation or like oomph to anything. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like writing a new 15 minutes in like two months. I might not it might not stick around, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just have this like crazy outburst of creativity and then it like recesses for a little while. I have the same thing and I don't know what it is. It might be that like I'll write and then I'll go do the stand up and I'll I'll be like, Oh, I'm I'm so good. I don't even need to write regularly. And then I yeah. stop and then wonder why the material's not coming. Yeah. And yeah. then I get back into it. Or it That's could a, just be like an ebb and flow. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably a combination of both. Like for me, it's like I know if I'm writing, like I'm gonna just kind of like start thinking in that like joke format, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. But because I'm like a machine of perpetual motion, so if I'm like constantly doing stand up, then I'm like in that stand up zone, and like I don't have to think about like writing really because everything that hits me hits me in that stand up filter of you know structure, punchline, blah blah blah. Right, right, right. But, but when I get too distracted by like doing like like there's that stupid hustle article uh, that oh, came I'm out. Oh, I'm so glad you brought it up. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna talk about it. Yes, cool. But um, I do think at some times, and this is my own fault, I would get so preoccupied with like running shows, booking shows, being on so many shows. Yep. And like more to like the business side of like doing stand up that sometimes like. <clears throat> that would come first almost before the comp. Not all the time, but like, you know, sometimes you just get overwhelmed with a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, and you run one of the, like, biggest shows in, I, I don't know what to call it, the tri-state area. Like, Superdope yeah, I mean, is kind of legendary. <laughs> he runs one of the biggest <laughs> shows in America today. <laughs> Yeah, right out of Dayton, Ohio. Other smaller shows, it is one of the biggest. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I would have put that on every comedy poster. Compared to shows smaller than this, it is the biggest show. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. How long have you been doing Super Dope? Um, like six years, I think, maybe. Holy smokes, man. Maybe not that long, but maybe like five. I don't really know. It's so I did like four years of shows, like month every single month for four straight years. Yeah, yeah. That sounds exhausting. Right. Yeah. And (laughs) then I kind of was like, I need a break from doing this. Um because it got to the point where like what was so cool about Super Dope, I was like always trying to make it better and try new things and stuff. And then it got to a point where I <clears throat> had figured out how to make it 
not even figured out, but just like it got good, so good that like it didn't take a whole lot of effort to make it good. So I was kind of unchallenged by my own little creation. Yeah. And I think that I kind of maybe like didn't give, but I had been talking for like six months about like, I need to stop for a little while <laughs> on the <laughs> show before I finally ended it. I was like, I got to end it. Yeah. Take a break. Um, like I was in Bill Parcells coaching the Giants. Like I can't do this shit another year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just like I don't know. I, it just was. It, it got to the point where I was just doing it so damn much that I wasn't in love with it like I had been for so long. Right. And I think it was like okay, I can either keep doing this because people love it, and then I end up resenting this thing that. And I think at the time, too, I was known for being a showrunner more so, I felt like, than being a comedian. And uh, so I was like, okay, I need to, like, I'm a great showrunner and a good comedian. I need to be great at both of these things. So let's kind <clears> of <throat> pivot a little bit here and focus on, like, my creativity as opposed to, like, lifting other people up. Yeah. Right. That's a dangerous kind of line because. In my experience, like, just with, like, an open mic or something, if you're running it, that's motivation to write, and that's kind of fuel. Yeah. And that'll keep that perpetual motion machine going. But if it's too much effort where you don't even get a chance to, like, get eight hours of sleep and sit down with a notebook, then, I don't know, you got to find a middle ground. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. And honestly, it was, like, so many people have done this show it's like i can't even get new people on with anymore you know like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you literally work through three states worth of comics yeah. plus <laughs> yeah. i was like i'm out of people and like i did i did have a like i was like very protective over it like if anyone asked me to be on it like that <laughs> would like make me upset i'd be like you know has to be on the show right yeah yeah Yeah, that's your baby (laughs) yeah well because like that's that's because how it started was like i started in dayton and like i'm not talking ill of any comedians that came before me but it was very much like you know we're in this club we get these shows we get these book dates at the club all these newer comics who are like going to different cities and doing mics and doing other shows all over the place aren't even getting booked in dayton and like so you know which was like seven people like whatever you know (laughs) so not a big deal but um so i was kind of like you know i want to show off and like i think all of those comics are funny that were like in that like before me kind of phase like i I think all of them are very creative and have their own like unique style and even if it's not like they're going to be famous and you know it's just like i enjoy their their stand-up a lot so it wasn't like they were bad or anything and didn't deserve to get booked. It was just kind of like, yo, you guys have been around for forever and like it's the same all the time. And like, let's let's get something new and exciting going, you know? And they were just like, you got to pay your due. That's stupid bull. It's the kind of like the stupid bullshit hustler thing. Like you have to blah, blah, blah before you can get whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and before we talk about that too much, uh, just so people know, that Hustler article was pretty much is hustle cans hustle culture ruining comedy. Yeah, <laughs> does that pretty much sum it up? Yeah, for the most yeah. part. Yeah, like the, the grind, the and busy stuff. work that that doesn't have anything to do with writing jokes or being funny. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard get up three times a week just to stay sharp. And uh, I don't think that applies to everybody, but also I don't think you should be unmotivated. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think she had a lot of – was it a lady that wrote it? I uh, I assumed it was written by the same algorithm that uh, tracks all your Amazon <laughs> packages. I have no idea – who wrote yeah. that article? Well, what's going to piss off a bunch of comedians and get us clicks? Let that yeah. algorithm. Yeah. Okay, that well, one. I'm sorry. I'm a feminist, gay wad, non-binary <laughs> cuck. So, like, <laughs> yeah. like before On you get mad hand, at me, I'm Lauren all of those things. I, yeah. <laughs> Lauren and I will do anything to say a wo- woman didn't write an article, including blame it on a computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are uh. <laughs> oh, but yeah it was yeah, definitely a lady it was definitely a lady that wrote that article just to be fair uh yeah uh, <laughs> i think she had like i mean i don't necessarily disagree with what she was saying necessarily but like i didn't like the conclusions that she made with that information well, right. I mean, you know what I mean. The conclusions that she came to were were for her, and and like you know what what she was trying to get out of comedy. Uh, at least that's the way that I took it. And and ultimately, like it doesn't really matter what uh you know what what you want to get out of comedy is what you're going to get out of it. You know, it it's the same old adage of like what you put in is what you get out. Which is why yeah. there was so much in that article about like, yeah, there's these people that aren't that funny, but they're getting booked all the time because they're running the hustle game or whatever. Yeah, they're putting X in and getting Y out. It's just a simple transaction that way. And yeah, if you, and it's like if you want Y, you have to give up X. It's it's simple math. Yeah, and it's like we don't live in a meritocracy. Like you, right. you know, the people that deserve shit don't. Shit, unfortunately and like and as someone that's run shows it's like if i can see someone's getting better and they're like they're maybe gonna be like really funny in six months but they're only like pretty funny right now right like i rather give them the chance sooner because i'm seeing them out there and i'm noticing what they're doing and how they're getting better but also at the same time there's like i've seen people that go to every single mic and do the same exact five minutes and i'm not gonna book them on my show you know what i mean like right that's not great yeah, it's like it depends what you do with the hustle. Like, I don't get up a shitload. I mean, obviously now I don't. I get up like once a week right now. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, I don't. I would get up like three or four times, like miking three or four times a week, probably. If but if I had like three or four shows, I'd do maybe like one open mic. You know, like I've also been doing stand up for fucking seven years now. So. Yeah, there's a lot that you clearly already have like under your belt. And that's that's what a lot of that is, is like most people don't have stage presence. Most people don't understand how they are being perceived by an audience that they can't see because of the lights or whatever. Like those are all things that you either have you either have naturally, you know, if you're like a Dave Chappelle type or something. Or but yeah. most people have to learn those skills. And the only way to learn those skills is to do it. Yeah, right, exactly. I th- I think it's really, really individual. And she did her job because obviously it's bringing up points that everyone's interested in because it's getting talked about. But yeah. for me, I I need to keep rust off. I personally, if I don't go for a while without being up, you know, I get the nervousness back. Hold but on. somebody else who's Dan, this- are you peeing? 
Oh yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was peeing on the side of the bowl, so hopefully you wouldn't notice. But no, I just it was such a thick that is one hundred percent on the That's episode. That's a powerful stream. <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing That's a podcast first for us Yeah, there's the flush, baby Yeah, I'm washing my hands, you hear that I totally don't Uh, uh, I hear 100% And I'm glad we can endorse hand washing in these times Do we all want to say the ABCs together Just to make sure Dan washes his hands for the appropriate amount of time I trust him (laughs) (laughs) I did it, leave me alone (laughs) <laughs> so freaking yeah. funny. Oh my god. I'm so glad that you feel that relaxed that you can just be like, yeah, the video's not on. I'll just take my phone into the bathroom. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm chilling. I'm out here. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. Okay, well, enough about hustle culture. I feel like we yeah. got that out of yeah, our system. Yeah, I think that was enough. Does everyone uh, feel better? I feel better. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Also yeah. I will say all the people that are talking mad shit about her and saying it's not like that for everyone. Well, it's also not like that for everyone. So maybe fucking leave her alone. Right. Just appreciate what she's saying for what she's saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she Mm -hmm. has a perspective. She has experience. She's drawing from both of those things. Just take it at face value. Yeah. For comedians that constantly bitch about like other opinions should be tolerated. They really don't tolerate very many other opinions. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Super woke, One but also super said. Republican at the same time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, you can't tell me what to say, and then as soon as someone says something they don't agree with, don't say that shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want you to see things from my perspective and exclusively my perspective. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what America needs. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man, yeah. So it's also like we all suck at comedy, so shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> comedy sucks. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> there's a viewpoint where every single thing sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, you may have to work harder to find it if it's fucking Richard Pryor, but from a certain point. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. did, like, you know, cheat on his wife a lot and set himself on fire freebasing. So, I mean, yeah, yeah everyone sucks. shot a gun at his wife. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, everyone's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so, so obviously, you, it's, you ran a monthly show for four yeah. years. Yeah, and then this will be the fourth festival that I'm doing. Holy so, hell, man. And so one of the years that I did the festival, I was no longer doing the show. So right. I, yeah, I think I've been doing the show for five years then. Okay, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. In I'm those... curious. Go ahead. You go ahead, you roll it. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in those four years, obviously, you've seen some crazy shit go on. Yeah, I guess so. You guess so? I mean, yeah, for sure. I was just thinking, I was like, what crazy shit have I done? And there was just like a Rolodex of shit. I was like, oh, yeah, that's an accurate statement that you just made. Hell yeah. Spill the deets, brother. Oh, man. So much stuff. Uh, there's one time at Superdope, I think like everyone was on Ecstasy. Oh, that that's a great show. Uh- yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um how did it that was, even come about? Like who like what 
did did everyone just come on ecstasy and no one oh, like, no. talked about me? it or that's like when baby. people show up dressed the same yeah. <laughs> you too now, one of the the best one of the best things about super dope was i was you know i'd be like i don't have any drugs so i bet you i'm gonna get a lot of free ones tonight tight <laughs> tight and it was just like weed, you know what I mean, yeah. mostly. But yeah. like every once in a while, there'll be like a little blow or like ecstasy. And like I didn't do it because I was like running the show or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think I'm not going to say who it was, but somebody came and like sold like I think five to ten people like little hits of ecstasy. And so it wasn't like everybody on the, but there was like a significant yeah, number of people that's on enough. the show were that's rolling. Enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's a lot of positive energy. In fact, I would, I think handing that out before a show would really do a ways to keep the energy up for a show. Dude, let's add it yeah. to the COVID precautions. You take your temperature. Here's your here's your X. All right, enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah, <we're- laughs> included in the ticket price. There you go. <laughs> you literally have to cage people six far- feet away from each other though if everyone's on ecstasy. I know. Oh, that's <laughs> true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Dude, otherwise, they would be the biggest orgy you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like, it, I, I, I've, I've heard of people heckling by calling things out, but like, if you just start fucking in the middle of someone's set, is that considered a heckle? <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see like a comedian on stage playing that. It's like, oh, pay attention. Wait, uh, oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> I guess that's happening now. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to be more interesting than that. <laughs> Usually I'll say, put your phones away, but in this case, everyone take out your phones. <laughs> <laughs> Hit record. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Send it to... So uh, how viral. did the show go after there were five or six people on ecstasy? Was it just awesome? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, like, as a person that does... Or, I have this reputation that I'm like a crazy like drug maniac, I guess. But really, it's just I smoke weed a lot, and I like acid and mushrooms, and I used to dabble and blow here and there. And I did meth one time on accident. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's so, that's how mean, I, a civilian does meth. Yeah. That's I how mean, an upstanding that's citizen the Midwest does meth. meth, baby. Uh, <laughs> oops. Someone thought it was Adderall. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I did kind of earn that reputation because I just described a lot of drugs that I have done. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's like I'm old now. I'm 27. I'm not like fucking ancient. <laughs> so of, yeah. old, 27. Oh god. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just like not doing acid on like Tuesday nights when I got to work Wednesday morning. You know what I mean? Like, right, 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 right. <laughs> You're not That's a young anymore. man's game. <laughs> yeah, right. That's for someone much younger than myself. Uh, but so when people are like fucked up in like some crazy way and I'm not in that same fucked up like realm, um, I'm just super not into it. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like if someone's on ecstasy and they're just being all like, uh, 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 and I'm just like, not I'm like, you got to take this shit far back from me. <laughs> I'm just not <laughs> in the same way blank right now. <laughs> I'm not condemning what you did. Just do it over there. Yeah, like, I just, like, I don't need to be involved. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, one time I was trying to buy weed from this dude that was on ecstasy at a completely separate house party. And he was, like, we were texting before I showed up to the party. He was like, yeah, I got the weed. It took me 45 minutes to get him off the dance floor to sell me weed. I was oh just like, dude, dude, 
And eventually, it got to the point where, like, his friend just took it from him. was like, I'll fucking do it. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, like, I can't hey. fault the guy. I was at a party, you know, but it was just like, I'm trying to give you money. <laughs> right. <laughs> this will literally take 12 seconds if you will just pull yourself away from the baseline just yeah. long enough to hand me my drugs. I was even like, dude, you don't even have to stop dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I will meet you on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I have cash in my hand right now. <laughs> yeah. Just interpretive dance this drug yeah. deal. Just put it in my hands. I don't even need a bag. I've been smoking weed since I'm 16. I don't care how I get it. Just give it. Right. I have a container at home. I'm a professional. Yeah, right. I'll fucking sweet. I got a piece of... There's paper somewhere. I'll fold it up. Oh, my God. I'm at Super Dope. Uh... I did like I ate like nine cookies that had a bunch of like fifty milligrams of weed in them. Oh, that's a lot of THC. Yeah, <laughs> you're telling me. Uh, <laughs> so it was my friend would bring these like huge. Or it was okay. It wasn't fifty milligrams. I take that back. He would, he my friend and would come to the shows and he would bring these huge like Tupperware containers. You know, like the long ones that are like pretty deep that look like a normal yeah. like gladware container but just like really long yeah um, trough yeah exactly a tupperware trough uh <laughs> he would have those like filled to the brim with weed cookies um <laughs> and so the first time he made them each one was like 50 milligrams worth of weed in each cookie or thc i guess um whatever it is that makes it make you feel magical but uh <laughs> so like he brought them, and at that show, like, nobody bombed, really, but no one crushed either because everyone was so goddamn high on edibles that, like, right. no one no one was really in the zone for anything other than just sitting. Um, so there it was, was like a... There was a similar instance at an open mic I ran where a certain comic with a notorious vape pen showed up halfway through the show and bombed <laughs> everyone set after him because they all they would all just start out and a joke wouldn't land and they'd be like, uh, sorry, I got really high off of this guy's vape pen. So <laughs> it was literally the entire last half of the show. Oh, oh man, that's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's a magical oh, moment. Remember right that, there. Is, is that the one with the Facebook group? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Victims. That makes... That makes <laughs> <laughs> There's a Facebook group dedicated Dude, to his vape pen. We should get a class action lawsuit going. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see that, like, local access television. Have you or your friends, you know, been harmed by insert name here is vape pen? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd mind us saying it. It's Phil Pointer. Yeah, so. yeah. he's been on the show. <laughs> I'm just kidding phil i would never call the police on you no <laughs> never a because you're nice and b because you know why <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh shoot okay okay the the thc trough yeah oh, oh yeah <laughs> so so basically and then like on the event page the next day everyone was like yo what happened at that show i was like <laughs> so ripped <laughs> and so my buddy was like okay i'll take the hint i'll cut back right. <laughs> dial it down from 11 yeah 
And this dude, like, just so you know, like, to get the vibe, like, he's not, like, one of, like, he definitely, like, that's his job is selling drugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's, like, a headband wearing, like, loves to go to festivals and, like, EDM. Like, you know those, like, new, like, digital hippies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's one of those digi hippies. Um, <laughs> but, so he's, like, but he's, like, a really sweet, sweet person. Like, just, like, such a lovely, I think he's a cancer or something like that. Just a lovely person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wait, wait, so then he the is next- a cancer or he has cancer? That, he, he is a cancer. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I did. I just didn't want to breeze ter- over the idea of like, yeah, he's got cancer. He's super nice. And I was like, why are Man. we not talking about that? Yeah, right. <laughs> just how flowerly I dropped that he had cancer like that. <laughs> just so <laughs> he's nonchalant. so nice. He has cancer. Um, yeah, he's got sweet I'm, curly hair. <laughs> I'm just realizing that there's that thing where people with cancer. It's usually like nice people, but I, I just realized I think it's that's who people complain about getting cancer. Because if you're an asshole and you get cancer, then hell yeah, uh, people don't bring it up a whole lot. <laughs> like okay, that figures. Yeah, right. Like when when fucking what's his face got cancer? What's his name? It's the terrible news guy, radio. Uh, uh, oh, he died recently, right? Yeah, he's on an episode of Family Guy. Rush Limbaugh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, man, he got cancer. That feels good was how like, quickly we forgot him. I know. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so great. I hate, he ruined so many car ride homes from school for me. I fucking hate that dude. He sucks. Thank God he's dead. He sucks so hard. I saw Robert yeah. Evans tweeted this. He was like, why speak ill of the dead when you can sing? And that was one of the funniest <laughs> things I had ever read. <laughs> Yeah. Oh shit. Fuck R- Rush Limbaugh, but not this guy who is a cancer and does not have cancer. Right. Yeah. So. Right. He's very kind. The sweet did he help people move? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you help people move, you're a goddamn saint. There should be a right? patron saint of helping people move. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be this guy. He's yeah, like right. just just some yeah. digital hippie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you He's said- fucking jacked. He's <laughs> <laughs> ripped as hell, dude. <laughs> oh, but, my God. Uh, so the next time, he's like, okay, I like have the amount of how much THC is in this. And I was like, I don't really know what that means, but cool. Um, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know. Like, I'm, I'm guessing they're like 50 milligram cookies originally. Like, I really don't know because he didn't know. So he was like, I have it. I was like, yeah, just, I don't know what the full one was. So this could still be dangerous. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I eat a cookie, and then like a little while later, like my partner Cass, they eat, like half a cookie, so I eat the other half, and then like. 20 minutes later, it's like, I'm smoking weed the whole time, like hitting joints, like fucking ripping bowls and stuff. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So then I basically, I'm like three and a half cookies in. And I'm like not really feeling it. like whatever. So I do my set. The show's going good. Somebody like grabs two cookies. They try to give one to their friend. One of their friend doesn't want it. And then I'm like, I'll eat it. Because also, I just love cookies in general, so <laughs> it's really hard for me to say no to just a cookie, let alone one that's laced with drugs. Right. Um, so mm. it was, I honestly don't even think it was about like the getting high at that point. I was just like, I fucking want a cookie. I love cookies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, free cookie? And, I'll take it. Yeah. So eventually, I've had like 
anywhere from like seven and a half to nine full cookies. Holy um, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also been nonstop smoking weed for like three hours. Um, so I'm like, after a while, I'm like, I'm pretty fucking high. Like, and so like with the thing with edibles, it's like that slow creep. So at a yeah. certain point you get like so high, you're like, oh man, I'm there. But when you eat seven and a half to nine <laughs> full cookies, <laughs> that Space part where you, even. yeah, when your body physically can't like cannot process how high you're getting, <laughs> like <laughs> that's what was going on. So it was like the two year and eleventh month show. So all I had to do was bring the headliner off, say thank you guys so much, come back next month. It'll be a three year anniversary. Mark Norman is headlining. That's all I had to say. That's (laughs) all I had to say, right? I get up. I grab the mics in the stand. I grab it with my right hand and, like, put my foot, like, on the the stand. And I blink. And as soon as I blink, I feel, and I open my eyes, I feel the pulsating of my blink starting in the center of my pupil reverberate all throughout my entire body, hit my toes, and then come back to the center of my pupil. Holy and crap. I am, and I am like on the verge of tears. One <laughs> blink. <laughs> well, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like in my brain, I'm like, just get out of here. You're about to cry, dude. Like you got a jet. And so I was just like, thanks for coming. See you next month. Bye. <laughs> just like, <ran. laughs> But hey, you still did your job, kind of. Oh, Not, all the important things I needed to say, I left out. Come back next month. Uh, free anniversary. This man who's been on television is going to be here. Uh, <laughs> I left out all the cool things to say, and it was, and everyone was like, "You okay? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> wow! Oh and that was probably that, the, the highest. That I'd is ever super dope. Him. Yeah. Yep, that is super dope. What was the well, we started this show like? Oh man, it was cool. I uh, eventually everyone left, and then I went home and just kind of chilled in bed. Um, I think definitely had sex, and then just like watched TV and fell asleep. It was pretty nice. <laughs> definitely had pretty sex. Maybe watch TV. <laughs> yeah. I can't confirm the TV watching, but yeah. Well, I oh, can track man. back what part of my relationship I was in. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, there was not a day that went by. <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point you just kind of like yeah, was that yeah, in the that day when I was, yeah. <laughs> so what what was the first super dope like did you see it kind of growing into what it is from then I mean, no I would have no I, 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 I mean maybe I was egotistical enough at 21 to think that I could accomplish what I actually accomplished but yeah. I honestly don't really think I would have though because like when I was doing the show, like the original origin, like I was saying, was like, you know, I, it was like the same comics over and over that were older, had been in the scene for a long time. So there wasn't anything new. And we mm-hmm. weren't seeing these new younger comics from like Columbus or Cincinnati. It was just like the same people. So I was like, I just want to run a show to have different people on. And so I like talked to a bunch of bars and like porn shops and like restaurants and like record stores and like asked to get a show. But I was like 21, just turned 21. So everyone was like, we're not going to let you do that. <laughs> Reasonably so, I get right. it. Yeah. Right. And um, so you're like three years into comedy if you started at 18. 
Well, I mean, I started doing stand-up at 20, but I started writing mm. when I was, like, 18. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, and I would listen to, like, different albums every night before I went to bed. Um, so, uh, my, so every place kept rejecting me. And then so my friend Brittany was like, dude, we should just do it in my apartment, like, as a joke. And then we, like, later on, like, a couple days later, we watched it. It's called At the Apartment. It's, like, the stand-up set um, on youtube that's had like the dan soder mark norman joe list like all these amazing comedians have been on that show and i was like if they can do it and get this caliber of comedians then like i don't see there's why there's any reason that i couldn't do it at this apartment and it was like a 500 square foot one bedroom apartment so it was tiny so the first show like including all the comedians had probably like 20 people there hell so yeah. It, I mean, it's pretty small, you know, but like it felt pretty big. And then like, you know, for the next year, it was like kind of tough to figure out like, who should I book? Like, should I have these crazy lights? Like, what kind of sound system should I be using? Like right. all this stuff. And so I kind of like finally figured it out. And then there was like some weeks where there'd be like, including the comics, like 13 people there and there'd be like seven comics on the show, you know? So there'd be times where it was like duds. But then at the at the one year anniversary, there was like 60 people at the one year anniversary show. Holy smokes. And, yeah. And like Ryan Singer headlined. Oh, hell and yeah. There was, this was like, you like literally could not move in that apartment. Like there were people jammed all the way back into the kitchen, into the bedroom. Like people were hanging out in the bathroom trying to hear. There was like 20 people outside. Just like the door was wide open. Everyone was just like listening. Holy cow. And so, man. yeah. And so like my friend Brittany was moving and i was like well obviously the show's gotten big enough over the year that you know it's probably makes sense to move it out of a house and bring it somewhere else yeah and so everyone was like offering like these like public spaces like restaurants and like oh, just all this like different studio space and blah 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 but they were always like giving me all these rules and stuff and which like I can I appreciate people when they have rules about their space, you know. Yeah. It makes sense. But it was kinda mm -hmm. like maybe it was ego, but to me it was like I I finally after a year of trial and error figured out how I want to run this show. And so I don't really want any input from anyone else. Um, you know, unless it's already like kind of the vision that I'm having. And if you want to contribute to that vision, then hell yeah. But if you're gonna tell me like, oh, that's not gonna work, then I'm not interested. Yeah. You know. Um, cause I was just adamant about trying to make this the best show that I possibly could and to get better at it. Um, so then I just like was asking, I was talking to people. I was like, this is what I'm thinking for the show. This is what I want to do. Like you guys gotta be cool with like booze and like weed and stuff. Cause like, I don't think getting stoned is like inherent to the show because like most of the, like, it's not most, but like probably about half the people that go to the show, like don't smoke. Like it's not just for stone. Yeah. But and I it's think, gone poorly before we heard about that. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. There's been times where it's gone like way too bad, you know? Um, but like for the most part, like it's, I feel like it's, you know, maybe not 50, 50, maybe 60, 40, but like there's a big chunk of people that aren't like super, but it's just that, that freedom, you know what I mean? Just that like right, you yeah. can, if you want, like there's that, like, you know, and it kind of brings a sense of like, I think comedy, I mean, obviously it's very, very communal 
And so I think like drinking is also communal. And so is like smoking weed or they can be, and they hopefully should be smoking weed. I think even more so like there's that element of sharing and maybe not so much now that it's become legal and recreational where everybody, but I've been to shows that that wasn't there and shows where it was. And it's a better vibe when it's there. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, and just, like, it's just easygoing, and, like, everyone before the show is commuting together, you know? So, like, then when the show starts, there's really not that, like, there's the shift of, we're doing the show now, but it was never, like, I could never make it a smooth transition into the show, So which I think made it feel a little bit more natural of, like, we're all here together, enjoying each, like, talking, hanging out, like, you know, whatever, and then... Now it's like, okay, this is why we came here. So I guess we should probably start doing it. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So much of a comedian job is like bringing a hundred individual people together to the main, same mindset. And then if they've already gone half the way, then. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So. And, like, even now in my stand-up, like, I don't really, like, people, like, like you have to focus on your transition. Like, dude, fuck that noise. I'm dry, I'm telling you jokes, and I'm charming, so that's how I'm going to do it. They're not going to really <laughs> flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need that attitude to do anything. Just yeah. a little bit of fuck you mixed in with it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I'm not good at it. I don't care about it. Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so you know um (laughs) and so yeah so it was like kind of the lack of the smooth transition kind of just like not taking it so seriously i think but also at the same time like personally i took it like what i was doing very very seriously but i think that kind of like very easy growing approach into a show where there's like you know, a bar can be a hostile, like more of a wild card environment, like any other public space. But when it's like literally your own home, like you're controlling the atmosphere and the vibe and like, you know, you can just get it just right. So people are comfortable and feel cozy and so that they can feel like they can laugh easily. Yeah. And I will say that show at a certain point, like those shows were not easy to do because the crowd knew really good comedy. So like you had to fucking bring it hard. Every time. Well, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're bringing in people like Mark Norman and then Ryan Singer and like all of this, like you're you're bringing in heavy hitters, dude. Yeah, I mean, we've had so I mean, like Kenny DeForest, um, who's super funny. Um, you know, Dave Waits done it. Jeff Tate. I mean, Mark Norman's done like three times, I think. Um, and just like there's so many good local comics that like from Cincinnati, Columbus, Dayton. You know, and then like, and so like, you're just getting all these really fucking funny people that like, and like, that's the best of when you're like, when I'm not taking requests, I'm like handpicking the lineups and asking people and they feel like honored to do it. Yeah. That's, that's like, what's really cool is like, no, we, I can like, and that's cool. Cause then you can play with like lineup design. You know what I mean? Like, oh, who would like flow together? Who stylistically is like different enough, but like necessarily like, Maybe if they clash a little bit, I can put them back to back to really kind of like a palette. Cl- you know what I mean? Like you can just right. kind of mess around with how like the game of like, you know, it's the game of like, how am I going to structure my set? What joke am I going to tell here and here and here? 
And then to even like broaden that scope of like, okay, I'm doing the same exact thing, but with comedians, like as if they were like individual jokes, like this style is going to go here and then this is going to go here and blah, blah, blah. It's just so much fun. Dude, that's such a cool way to look at it. Like I would have never thought to think about ordering a lineup the same way that you order a set list. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, you want to go like, you never want to put the kook, like super kooky person up front because they're going to be the least relatable. So you want to get them a little bit further back when people are more comfortable. Just like with the joke. You want to open mm. with a joke that's like, you're going to learn who I am from this joke, but it's going to be very easily accessible. Yeah. So that's why you'd be like, okay, so this comic, um, you know, they're going to be... Then every comic I would book would have a really unique thing that would just like really wow me, you know? Right. So everyone would have their own thing that made them inherently unique, but it was like this thing that's super unique, like is really like, like Andrew Rudick, for example, is like such a, he's the only other person that I've let host super dope. And he's done it like two or three times um, because he oh, like yeah. brings exactly what I want. It's like, just like that, like you're so silly and goofy and absurd, but you're so charming and likable and just yep. like so easy yeah. to like vibe with. Like, yeah, you can and high believe. energy too. high, very, energy. very high, very high energy. Uh, yeah. That dude like, smokes so much. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And just like, so like, he's like one of the things that I think is super impressive in comedy to me, like, especially like Jack Black and people like that is like, being able to use their physicality and not their body as a joke, but their body to enhance a joke. Yeah. And I think <laughs> and Andrew Rudick has that capability because he's like so fucking noodly and he's got that weird ass high pitched voice. Yeah, and stuff. He's made out of and al dude, dente. It's so great. Yeah. Right. Dude, noodly and al dente were both phrases he coined himself. <laughs> yeah. And that fits so well in this yeah. thing. Like, that's the only way to describe his body shape now that man. he discovered that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mar- what is it, the marinara man of the Midwest or something like that? You know you've got something with like every single person in the scene has an impression of you. Yeah, That's your brand. And they're all good. <laughs> Come on! Yeah. Oh, that's great. But yeah, like him, him being able to use his body like an expression and like that's one of the things i love like i'm not necessarily like a good writer but like i can use my cadence and like how i'm expressing it and like my facial expressions like really kind of put some umph on the joke or whatever however i see fit and i think andrew can do that to a level that like not many people can i think that's kind of an underrated uh aspect of his comedy ability is like just being able to use the physicality like Either it's exaggerated motions, either it could be like understated motions and like a goofy voice. Like he can use his body like to do what he wants to make it funny. And, uh, and so like someone like that, that's like, but he's still weird and unique. And like, so he's like a perfect person to go up front because it's like, he's silly. He's fun. He's interesting. And you don't want to stop. Even when he's bombing, he's fucking just fun. You know what I mean? Like, so you know, it's always like, yeah, Andrew's the perfect person to crack open a show. I mean, he can go late too, obviously, but like, man, if you have Andrew go up early, the rest of the show, you know, is going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy because Andrew set it up for you. Hell yeah. Same thing with like Dusty Harvey, like perfect, like little yep. opening pitch, you know? Yep. All right. So we, we're, we're, we're almost at an hour and we have yet to really talk about 
I mean, with the exception of you not doing post-show announcements correctly, we yeah, got to at least talk me. about one of your bombs. So, okay, so I'll give you, you the... sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's... I mean, I've never really bombed. No, it's not true. Um, <laughs> That's the right answer. It's so weird that you guys would ask me. Um, <laughs> um, so I have like standards of bombing. Like if I'm doing a show and I'm doing like if I'm getting like sixty percent laughs, to me that's bombing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. so like my gauge for it is like I'm very hard on myself when it comes to that. But there is unequivocally one place that I know I fucking hands down, no bias towards myself, bombed the shit out of my set so fucking <laughs> Hell yeah. So I was I got booked at the Funny Bone and the Dayton Funny Bone. And like anytime they have like a little bit different comedian, like that's like maybe a little weird or quirky or like a little gay or whatever. Yeah. Like they're like, they don't take it. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is cool for me because I'm like, cool. I get to work with like women, and they're nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there was this one weekend I got to open for Zaynab Johnson, who's so funny and so kind, and like we wrote all weekend. And then Miguel Dow Mao was the feature, and so like I had known Miguel for a while, and like I really respect his comedy. I think he's really funny, um, and it was cool. Like. I was like, this is so cool. This is the first, like, at this point, it was like, this is the first show that it's like, I'm the only white person that on the show. And, like, to me, that was, like, cool, because I know, like, these crowds are going to be a little bit different. And so, like, this is a cool, like, learning experience. And, like, it's really kind of a test. And, like, am I funny everywhere? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So, and I've been doing stand-up, like, three or four years, I think. So, I was, like, I was all right. I was fine. Um not the best, but whatever. Um, so, mm-hmm. but like I had, you know how it is. Like if you've been, I started hosting when I was like a year, like not even a year into doing standup. I was like hosting at clubs and stuff. So, um, it was like, I, I three years in, I was like, yeah, I've been do- this, I've been doing this for forever. So, um, you know, I had my jokes that worked that I was like, these are not necessarily like my favorite jokes, but like they're perfect for hosting. They're going to work. They're not too weird, whatever. Yeah. So the first night, Thursday, I don't like hardcore bomb, but like I get some chuckles here and there, but it's not like by any means like a good set. Like I was not happy with it. Yeah. But then I was like, eh, you know, it's a Thursday. It's your first show of the weekend. Like that's kind of your gauge show. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of like fuck up a little bit on a Thursday. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Um and then, so, like, I was, like, talking, and then, like, you know, Miguel did pretty good, and Zainab did pretty good. So I was like, okay, I definitely did the worst, obviously, but, you know, they didn't crush it, knock it out of the park either. So, whatever, I chalked it up to, like, that's Thursday. Um, so we talk, and, like, I'm like, what do you think about this order, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I keep it, whatever. So I was, like, really prepared. I was, like, going over my jokes, like, reciting them out loud, which I fucking, like, never do. Um, so I was just like, really, I was just like trying to be really professional, like really bring it. And so Friday I bomb and it's like, not good. And I was like, okay, well, you know, one of the, on the Friday, Saturday, you have four shows. It's usually one of those does not go your way. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I got mine early. 
hell yeah, I got four more shows for the week. <laughs> got that out of the way. All right, let's yeah. move on. <laughs> yeah, like we got this. Like I was like definitely like uh, I just I was like failing myself and like failing the people that I was on the show with. Like I wasn't setting them up in a way that I could help them succeed. So I was like yeah. just really like trying like don't go down that dark rabbit hole. Yeah, just, like you didn't sound like too much in your head though. You had like a positive spin on it, like. <laughs> Yeah. Got it out of the way. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And then the late show, holy shit, you thought I would have killed somebody. <laughs> like it was fucking bad, dude. It was like it wasn't a whole lot of people in that show, but it was just like I me, I crickets, dude. Like at a certain point I was like, all right, here's you know, I this is my I think I, I had like my quick closer and I was like, I'll just do this, like get something and get out of here. And I got like a couple like not even like polite chuckles like not even hearty you know like a polite little and i was like fuck Uh, me sideways (laughs) so i'm like this is not how it usually goes uh (laughs) and and in my head i was like i'm the best i've ever been at stand-up because i've been doing it up until this point the longest i've been doing it so i should be like and nothing's gone this bad before so like i was kind of like starting like man am i like it was a real fucking ego check, you know? And um, so I was like, all right, whatever. I, like, got off work early the next day, like, focused on, like, writing. Like, maybe if I change it up, maybe if I, like, kind of lighten it up in this little part, you know, just a little tweaking. Yeah. And change the order of some stuff. I'm like, I need to get something hit fast. So I, like, put, like, one of my closers at the very beginning. So I'm like, I'm going to start off, like, hard and fast and then, like, work my way back up. And, uh... So Saturday early, got one laugh. That was it, and it wasn't even my. It was it was uh, an in between line. You know what I mean? Like in between throwaway <laughs> yeah. lines. In be- oh, yeah, man. like in between a punchline and then like the setup for the next segue into the the bit, the same bit. You know what I mean? It was just like an in between line, and I got like a laugh. Nothing else. And I was like, okay, this is my fault now. <laughs> um, I was like, this is not. And so like, and then. By the way, uh, both of them had been crushing every show. It was just being me. Oh, it was being God. so bad. And I was like, what? And Zaynab would just knock it out of the fucking park. And I was like, what the fuck Why? is happening? So Saturday late show, I'm like, fuck it. I'm doing my jokes. I'm doing the jokes that I like. It's the fucking late show. None of, no more of this hosty frou-frou bullshit. Fuck it. Right. I'm doing my material that I enjoy. And so I'm eat shit for 10 straight minutes i mean absolutely nothing people are having conversations about how it's not going good and i'm right there with it i'm talking and they're not feeling it and so i'm going i'm going i'm like maybe this will get you i'm like and there are people will be like yeah let's go and then i would do it and then no one would laugh i'm like man you guys are so wanting me to be good Um, but i'm just like not doing it so then i'm like all right I got one joke left and then I'm going to get out of here. And then someone in the back goes, thank God. Oh, oh no. Yeah, that's soul. <laughs> and I lose my cool. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. The mic is, <laughs> the mic is in the mic stand and I like step forward to the edge of the stage, like and holding it. So it's like the mic stands leaned over like I'm fucking like, steven tyler or whatever like (laughs) and i was like i point i like point at this dude like i was like talk all this shit you want to motherfucker this show 
paid my rent this month. And I get a fucking applause break and like four or five people stand up. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? And I was like, I got him now. <laughs> I'm, Finally. I'm, 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 despite this fucking dude, I'm going to do my next joke. I do it, and it just bombs so hard. I mean, all the air is sucked <laughs> out of the room. I was like, I was like the underdog that won at the end, then still somehow lost. Like this is fucking crazy. And so then I get out of there, and then the, they both kill, and I'm like backstage, like crying. Like it is not a good time. I'm like, and it's like the next day's Mother's Day, and I was like, all right, well. I'm supposed to be a professional comedian. I'm supposed to be the best I've ever been. I've just done five shows in a row, and I've never. And at this point, that was the worst I had ever done on yeah. stage. Like I've bombed before, but I've never gone like 12 minutes with not a single laugh before. Right. So it was hurts. like the yeah, in a professional mm. setting, when yeah. it's like these people don't fucking these people don't know comedy. Like if I'm good, like this should be easy. These fucking dummies don't know shit. Right. Uh. So. And I just like, so I'm like, my friends are over at my house and I'm like crying. And then I'm like, I think I'm going to quit. Like, I, I was like, I think I was like, this is pointing me. This is telling me right here that what I thought I was meant to do that, like in a professional setting, I'm just not capable of doing it. Like, I'm just not, I'm just not good. It's not worth, like, it's just a waste of my time. And it's unfair for me to take spots from people when I'm not, I can't capitalize on my opportunity that i was getting a lot of at that point yeah and so i was like i think i gotta hang it up like this you know this isn't fair to anybody uh and so i'm like all right sunday rolls around i hang out with my mom like i don't like i don't say anything about how the weekend's going but like i think they could tell yeah um and so like my mom comes to the show and i was like this you know the weekend's been a little tough so we'll, we'll see how it goes and so, like, I was resigned. Like, I was in the green room talking before the show. And in my head, I was like, this is the last show I'm ever going to do. Like, this is it. You know, like, I just got to get through this next 13 minutes and yeah. then I'm good. And I go up and I get seven applause breaks. And <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, redemption, baby. <laughs> yeah. And so, sold out Mother's Day show. And I was like, I'm not. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, it's crazy that the last five nights, everyone's been a fucking idiot. It's nuts to me, but I'm not quitting. <laughs> what, what do you think the factor was? Was it just chance that there happened to be an audience that was different that time? I you have think a I was 23 in front of an all-black crowd, and so I tried to get a little too cute. And uh, I think... I wasn't being authentic and I think they could kind of see through it. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I was also like intimidated because I had never, like I had, you know, obviously I've played like black rooms and shit, but like a club weekend, like for like an, a black headliner, a black crowd, like that's a different vibe than like a bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like you can, mm. you can fuck around a little bit. Like they can give you shit. You can give it right back. There's that, like you can feel each other out in a club like when you're hosting like you just have to present so i made decisions that were like just too cute you know what i mean like i should have just been more authentic right 
And it t- it took getting humbled to like come back. And yeah, bring right. it <laughs> exactly. And like maybe it wasn't. I mean, probably like my material definitely like wasn't strong. Like let's be honest, I was doing stand up for three years. Like it wasn't good. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it could just be that I was like. I mean, it could have nothing to do with race. Maybe I'm just <laughs> projecting <laughs> or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, it could have been a number of things. But I think that's what it was. Like I think I was just mm-hmm. like visibly like wanting to do well and just not you know just not really because when you're younger and you're doing stand-up and especially like when you do like pretty well like you kind of for me at least and i've seen this with other comics there'll be like a supremely like likable like kind of cutesy persona mm-hmm. and like you know like there is an aspect of me that is kind of like that but if that's like what i'm bringing to a room full of adults that have worked really hard to take a night off and spend almost a hundred dollars at a comedy club. Like they don't want some cutesy bullshit. They want like real life comedy, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, right. you know, and like, you know, the headliner, like she was in her mid thirties and I was like 23. It could have been age, you know, like, but it could have been a million different things, but yeah, I yeah. for sure. <laughs> there, there are way too many variables to blame it on any one thing, but yeah. I am glad that this had a happy ending. Right, ninety nine percent of the stories we get do not. It's right? just like, yeah, I fucking blew it the whole time, and, yeah. and that was it. I went home and cried. That was the end yeah. of the story. Yeah, but to most be fair, stories most end with you crying in the back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most stories don't last three days long, though. I will say, <laughs> these are facts. Like it was an an epic bomb. Like it was like humiliating. Like the staff didn't even look at me. I was oh, awful. No. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> and I was friends with them. That's what's fucked up. <laughs> they didn't look at you because they loved you and didn't want to see the pain. Yeah, there. that one was of the girls. That's the worst. One of my favorite servers. Her name was Katie. She just like came up to me one time. She's like, "It's just not your weekend." <laughs> I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Please go back to not looking at me. This yeah, is worse. I, was like, I was like, leave me alone again, please. <laughs> oh my god! Oh shit! Damn. But I think it it was a very formidable experience. I think you know. Oh, I'm sure you grew it, like so much after going through so much. Like, there's no way you couldn't have, you know. And then to have the validation at the end with seven applause breaks. <laughs> did it ever cross your mind that you should only perform in front of moms? <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's my demo. That's 100 percent my demo. Like for sure. I banged a lot of moms after shows because I'm. I, well, you did say dude, you were very charming, so yeah. yeah. I talk if about you, my mom on stage; they know I'm trustworthy. If you chart super dope shows anytime those are happening in cities, the nursery boom is off the charts. Yeah, like the babysitting market like another, goes crazy. Yeah, it's like another World War Two. You know what I mean? <laughs> Baby boom. So many babies. Yeah. Super dope baby boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Dan, this has been an absolute freaking blast, dude. Like I I every every episode I say this, but it's it's never disingenuous because I just I love people and we don't reach out to people that we don't like. Uh yeah, fucked up. <laughs> right? <laughs> But seriously, dude, thank you so much for coming on to the show. (laughs) Um, Is Super Dope doing something soon? Yeah, I mean, when's this going to come out? 
I mean, that's variabled. Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's super dope. Uh, doing something soon that might yeah. decide when it does. <laughs> um, April April 9th and 10th is the comedy festival at Wiley's Comedy Club in the Oregon District in Dayton, Ohio. Okay, so this will go up this week. Uh, <laughs> cool. Sick. <laughs> Hell yeah. So how I had done the festival is I'd bring like every single show would be different and stuff and have people from all over the country on the show. But obviously because of COVID, that seemed very uh, not wise to do. Right. Mm. So um, this time I picked just with my favorite Dayton comedians that are all going to be in town and we're all just going to do shows. And there'll be some repeats, but there'll be different headliners every show. And um, the lineups will look differently every show, but there will be some comedians that repeat. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. The shows are Friday and Saturday. You can get uh, tickets at Wiley'sComedy.com. I believe they're $10. Um, there is you know, limited capacity, and we've already sold a lot of tickets, so I highly recommend you buy them sooner rather than later. Um, and yeah, it should be a really fun time. I'm really excited to do it. It's really cool to do it with Just Dayton Comics. I think that's, especially being away for, not living there for two years, I'm like really excited to be with like the people I started with again. Yeah. Hell yeah. Super dope homecoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I hope you guys uh, see you there. Uh, if you're a nurse, hit me up, um, and I'll see if I can get you free tickets if you're a healthcare worker. Yeah, or a mom. Or a Just mom. Yeah, a... Dude. Dude, if you're a mom, hit me up. I'll eat you out and get you free tickets. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Because you deserve <laughs> Oh, holy cow. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. This was a better ending point. That's yeah. a nice little button right there. I can't yeah. think of anything better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, you be Hell well, yeah. brother. Take care of yourself. Thank you. I hope to see you guys soon. Absolutely, yeah. man. Thanks, dude. Yeah, cool mustache again, Luke. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys. Toodles, bud. <laughs>